Welcome to episode number nine, Rushing Through Life. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Rotated Views Podcast. This is episode number nine, Rushing Through Life, and we are back at it. We still don't have the full crew, but we have the majority of the guys here. I have Gabe, Goose, and Manny with me. We are excited to be here. We have been getting awesome reviews from you guys. We've been holding rank on iTunes, which is incredibly hard, but that's all thanks to you guys. All the the downloads is what helps our ranking, the ratings, the reviews, the the sharing. We just want to tell you guys that we appreciate you and continue to uh, support the podcast uh, any way that you possibly can. And uh, that being said, let's jump right into it. Rushing through life and how we like to start things off is by a story. So uh, I'll jump right in. All right, so the setting on this story is a flea market, and this you know, actually happened to me. So, it was a beautiful Sunday morning, and people were out shopping, eating, and enjoying the weather. We were walking back to the car to leave after picking up a few items, and uh, while exiting, I overheard a guy that was mad at his wife for taking her time in the aisles. I remember him mumbling to his son, Your mom takes forever to look at things, always looking for a gem. The guy was genuinely frustrated. His comments struck with me ever since. And I'm not sure if the guy himself was in a rush or or what the specific reason was, but his impatience uh, was clearly noticeable. I guess the story is super short, but it was a very good example of, you know, people rushing around and and not taking in uh, the, the full effect of what life is throwing at you he literally said it himself she's looking for a hidden gem isn't that the point being a you know a collector of things myself i understand the delicacy of truly searching for the the hidden treasures so so what he was saying about his wife is there's really nothing wrong in her doing that i don't know if he was just an impatient person they do say opposites attract so she could be really pokey with other stuff and he kind of like you know rushing through some things I don't know. We know. Even when we went uh, growing up at, at the flea market, we know how our, our pop was hilarious. He would literally fly yeah, through aisles. So we just grew yeah. to just let him go and kind of we'll just trail behind him. We're looking at stuff. Well, obviously, we're kids and he's a he's a he's a grown man. So he's looking for um, tools and stuff. And then we're looking for video games. So we're yeah. definitely not looking for the same stuff. So we just let him do it. And now he was also looking for like collectibles and what diecast cars and stuff like that yeah and that's where that probably was she found her niche and was probably going through whatever they have like old antiques or whatever and that's not his thing but then the next eye over is probably like his uh tools that he likes and she's probably saying the same thing to him yeah like that's probably like her hobby right i mean yeah. what, if, what if she had like a business or she like you know like a pinterest or something and puts like all these cool things together and like that she has to search for these hidden gems jim ha- having you having the most uh probably intimate knowledge of how a flea market or this particular flea market is is structured kind of paint a picture to the people of what it looked like because i know there were sections of when you first walked into to the flea market 
it was like new. And then the further you got back, it was tended to be kind of the older stuff. So there were sections to it. Um, do you remember what section, you know, they were walking through? Absolutely. And that's the reason why I guess I was a little bit more uh, empathetic to her because mm. where, so how the, the, the flea market is set up. I mean, this thing is, this place is massive. So they have a huge, huge, probably about 25, 35 rows of just news or well, so it was like 35 rows uh, of an updated area where it was split in half of all new stuff and then half new, half old. And then there's a whole other section that is just as big, if not bigger, it's strictly just old stuff. So you're not selling anything with tags, you're just selling, you know, used stuff. So this is the section she was in. So I know she was genuinely looking for something, like looking past like the way she was looking. Mm. I know that look. You you have your eyes on for something specific. It's going to yeah. pop out yeah. to you and you just keep it moving. Oh, yeah. It's not like you're just staring at everyone's table and you're just giving it a one, you know, just like this glance like, "Wow, I really appreciate everything you have." We know yeah. you could just yeah. you can zoom by other tables. So you make up with that time because you you see a bunch of toys and wrestler figures. I don't need to stop there. I'm going to keep going. I'm looking for yeah. silver bullion. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking for coins. So I, I already know the guys who sell them. So you know what sections they sit in. I'm going to the old stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, sometimes if you need like a uh, like a phone cover or phone case or whatever like that, then you obviously you're going to go to like the newer stuff. It was I think it was like an appreciative thing for me because I seen uh growing up how my dad did it and if there's the other thing with time. So if you go, the earlier you go, obviously the more options you have. Yeah. Because if you go at a later time, all the good stuff's gone. Yeah. And it's literally treasure to these people. And good stuff is a, uh, good stuff is a relative term when you go to the flea market. So again, <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> right, relative. Right, right. Um, for me, kind of going to the old section um, kind of allows me to slow down and enjoy the moment. Because mm. a lot of times you go through the old you look at you see the wrestlers, you see the diecast cars, and all of a sudden it takes you back to maybe yeah. a childhood memory or yeah. a good time for me. Yeah. So I'm always slow through those things, not necessarily finding a gem, but I'm kind of replaying my life back through, you know, memories of, oh, look at that action figure, or man, this guy's been here for the last twenty years in the same spot, in the same van. You know, there's the bikes, you know, oh my buddy had that. So it's kind of a trip down memory lane, which actually kind of slows your life down yeah you know you don't even think about it but it's almost a subconscious thing for me i kind of i, I go back and i look at it and like ah oh, man i you know i go down memory lane when i go through kind of those older sections kind of reliving <laughs> small parts of my childhood yeah i mean i think you're doing yourself a di- when it comes to um a flea market anyway you're doing yourself a disservice if you're flying by you also got to kind of rewind back you have to know the reason why you're at a flea market because if you're just there and you don't have and you're just meandering then yeah then you know, then I guess it doesn't matter. But from what it appeared to me, she looked like she was looking for something specific. I mean, she had those eyes, like those eagle eyes. Like she's like, you know, her head was like on a revolver, you know, just like going back and forth. And she she knew what she wanted. And uh, yeah, you, you have to go through those things with a fine comb. Because then the guy who's, you know, the guy's coming behind you who wants the same thing and is looking for the same thing that you're looking for. And he's going to find it because he had more patience. Yeah. Um, and 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 you're just gonna be mad at yourself. There's no need for it. Yeah. Or sometimes when you do find that gem, you're sitting there thinking, should I get it? Should I not? If I don't get it, I'll never get it again. I'll never come across it. And you're like just sitting there, just staring at it, but thinking, like contemplating on 
yeah. the purchase or you're trying to make a deal with the person or yeah. thinking if you come back and get it cheaper if it's still there. Yeah. There's like a lot of things that go into it. I mean, yeah. how many times have you gone to the flea market and you've I'll come back. When I come back down this aisle, I'll go scoot and get that. And you yeah. go back and That's it's gone. Not there. Yo, gone. I'll never forget. I went probably about a month ago to the flea market and I saw, I was just, there was this guy, he had like a bunch of matchbox cars. I don't even know what it drew my attention over there. So I'm looking at him. I had like time to kill it. Ava was, went to go get a drink. So I'm just like, I, I ventured off on my own. And, I'm, and I seen micro machines. I don't know if you guys remember oh, little cars with micro man. machines. Classic. So when I was young, I had my, this one favorite one. It was a blue BMW. And it was like, I probably had like, Oh my gosh, I remember it. I had probably wheels. like 20, 25 micro machines, but that one was my favorite. I don't know if I lost it or someone took Jim, it from me Jim, or Jim whatever. Stole it. Jim stole it. <laughs> so I still have I, it. <laughs> so I, I found that one that was sitting right. Like in my mind, I'm like, I'll pay kind of whatever because it's like my childhood memory for it. But I'm right. trying to wheel and deal. Exactly. Ask how much it was. And I'm, he's looking at me. But I'm not telling him how much it means to me. So I'm trying to play cool. And it's like, yeah. just like, dude, I stood there for like five minutes. Just kind of just like trying to not show reaction and, and trying to make a decision on make this, making this purchase. Dude, I bought it for like 50 cents. Dude, I was like, oh, freaking jackpot for me. Yeah. And I still got it. And it's, now it's sitting in my room, my very favorite micro machine, <laughs> blue BMW. It's hysterical so awesome. that you said that because, um, you know, having a play on words or saying rushing through life, but you get a rush out of finding these these hidden oh, these treasures so, so you it's almost like bragging rights so Yo, then, look at what i found yeah. and then for the price that i found that got it for so then i showed ava she's like yeah that's cool she had no she had no <laughs> yeah, she didn't yeah, know yeah. what it meant didn't know anything then i showed my brothers and they're like oh yeah i do remember that's yeah. awesome when you when you find something too it's funny uh, my dad taught me what you're just saying when you find it when you find something that you want you can't show it in your face because mm. the seller's now thinking Oh, he wants this. I'm gonna jack the price up because oh, yeah. he looks yeah. like he's oh, sure. gonna pay anything. Yeah. So you have to kind of like be a little bit reserved or kind of like not care when you ask the price. Yeah, yo, but how much is this? Yep. And you gotta kind of you know act not so interested, I guess. Um, because I, I never forget it was one time one of the I guess big pivotal moments of I guess where this lesson came from. We were at the Taconi, uh, flea market. It was something I won. I think it was a video game, and. I got so excited. I'm like, Dad, Dad. Obviously, my dad was with me. I was probably like nine, eight or nine. And uh, Dad, I went, there's a game. They have it. They have it, Dad. dad. And the, guy, the, the thing actually said like $5 on it. And my dad's like, yeah, five bucks to spend. So I'm like, Dad, we can get it. And the guy's like, oh, yeah. He's, the guy saw how, and my dad's like grabbing my shoulders. Like, Dude, calm down, calm down. <laughs> And my dad didn't see the the tag. I saw it. It's like five bucks. And in my mind, I'm like, why? And then the the seller did, you know, like the the move on us. And uh, he's like, oh, that, that's the wrong price tag on. That's seven bucks. And so my dad made me pay the seven bucks. He said, you, you're gonna learn. You got way too excited. You want that? Let's buy it. Let's buy it for seven bucks. And you know, you overpaid. And we're gonna go home. And you, tell, you know, you tell your mom you overpaid for this. But it was right then and there. He's like, you showed too much emotion. You can't give that away. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I walked back to the, to the truck crying. It was $2. Dude, I was swole. Like, you know, I was eight <laughs> years old, dude. I mean, you know, it was like one of those things. I'm like, oh, my gosh, $2. I was thinking about all this stuff, the tasty cakes and lollipops I can buy. And $2 is a lot to an eight-year-old. Well, back then, anyway. I don't In the early 90s, absolutely. So let's let's jump into the next segment. Um, and we're, we're talking about rushing through life. And uh, let me ask a question. What is your, your guys, um, you know, your take on people, quote unquote, hating Mondays 
and rushing through the week, which has five days, for the weekend, two days to enjoy life. Hating Mondays for me is an indicator that I didn't get anything or I, I should have finished something on Friday. Right. So there's there's times I come in clean slate Monday and happy. I'm good, happy cuz <laughs> I know I'm, you know, I'm right. starting fresh, but if I have to go back and I'm like miserable about it, I'm like ah, like so it's situational. It, it's absolutely situational. So for me, um Ending my Friday on a good note allows me allows my Mondays to be uh, a better thing, but it's not necessary. I mean, it, yeah, it's very situational for me. You know, I don't know if it's for. I just I don't know. Some people do genuinely hate Mondays. Yeah, and absolutely. It's ridiculous. And to there, there's an extent where there is like the natural human, um, I guess, reaction to being so relaxed coming off the weekend, and then you getting thrusted into just working. And depending on what your line of work is, that that can be a brutal reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you start to get the, the thought that I just think they hate the Monday because it's the first day they go to work. Yes. Exactly. It's not that it's Monday. Goose, you're a barber, right? You're off. Awful Mondays. Right. So Sunday I'm sure, Monday. so I'm sure there's barbers. I'm not saying you, I'm sure there's barbers out there that hate Tuesdays. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the worst day yeah. for them. Because like you just said, some people see it as the first of five days to come that have to work. Mm. Yeah. It, it's, um, I guess some people see it as like, this, this is brutal. I got five of these to do. And then you have the other people who genuinely love what they do every day. And I've never heard a peep from them ever. And then you started thinking about it. I was like, dude, this guy never complains about work ever. That was the version that actually I was thinking of about this question was that you're not passionate about what you do during yeah. five days a week. Is that that's why you hate it so much because that's why you're so much in a rush to get back to the weekend because you just want that time to relax or do whatever you feel like you want to do. Yeah. As opposed to being required to, you know, be in an office or whatever you have to, whatever you have to do. Yeah, I mean, I think it also there's something to be said. There's five days that we're trying to f- shove our life through and digest it as fast as we can just to live two days. Like, the equation doesn't even make sense, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so you look forward to not producing anything, right? Because when you're working, you're producing a product, you're producing a service, you're producing something. So, basically, you just want to be a nut, just a blob. That's what you look forward to. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that's that's what the thought process is. But when you start to break it down, it starts. You start to question it when you get deeper and deeper. And like, so you basically want to do absolutely nothing. There, I'm gonna tell you right now, there is nothing fulfilling about that. You you can take off an entire month, um, and you'll start to see like, all right, well, I kind of feel like I need to get back in the swing of things or. People do this with, um, you know, working out. They'll work out for five months and then they'll stop for a month or two. And what do you think? They feel good? No, they feel terrible about themselves and they just want to get back into the groove of things. There was times where it was a Monday and couldn't wait to get in because my weekend was so just nothing. Well, that's like the vacation. You ever, you know, after a week and a half, like, yo, I'm off for 10 days. For me, a lot of times it's like day seven. You're ready to get back. To All work. right, I was like, I, like I could go back. Like you, you enjoy this. Cause you, you know, you're ready to go back. So I'm, you know, for me anyway, a lot of times day eight and nine is like, okay. All right, let's go back. Let's go back. So you're absolutely right. I don't even think you. A lot of people wouldn't even need a month. It'd be like two no. weeks, and you're just all of a sudden you're just ooh looking around. We we were created to produce, literally, like to we're meant to work. Especially like if you're young and healthy, I understand like there's health issues, there's other things going on. Goose, me and you were talking about this guy Anton Creel. Yeah, that's all. I was just about to talk about him. How he uh, how old was he when he retired? Twenty seven or twenty seven, and then he took 
14 months to travel the world and he did nothing. After that 13 months, he was like, I'm bored of just doing this, of doing nothing. So he went back and created some other, some things for work-wise. But think about having tw- uh, 12, 13 months off, doing nothing, traveling the world, sitting on the beaches, like the best beaches in the world. All the money in the world. All the money. He has all the money. And you get bored of just doing that, too. And you, you would think that's kind of scary when you say that. He's like, dude. I, and I, he's 27, 28 years old. So, so that's like young, young. Yeah. Has money. Made it, quote unquote, is successful. Uh, I think he he worked for the biggest banking yeah. companies you you think of. That's who he worked for. All three of the big guys. And this dude was an absolute stud at what he did. But he he taught. And if you hear him talk, it almost was like sad. Dude, people want to. They they can't wait to do this yeah. after forty five years of working. Yeah, they can't wait to do what this guy basically did an experiment on. And he was genuine. And he was young, full of energy. You wait till you're 75 and don't have the same energy as you do when sure. you're, you know, 35 or 30. This guy was 27. Um, and he came back and worked harder than ever. So, and I, and there's something to be said too, you know, when um, people take sabbaticals and vacations, like I know people need breaks. It's not, it's not taking away from that, but it, it's the constant crave of just your whole goal is to not do nothing. Like that doesn't, it just doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Even if it's volunteer work or, or helping out like a like a like a shelter or something like that, or uh, visiting another country and donating your time, so there has to be something, dude. Because literally, just sitting in the backyard and watching your grass grow, or on sitting on a beach, I'm telling you, the reason why that's so attractive is because you have so little of it. Yeah. And exactly. the reason why we like flung in a Spanish culture, right, is because it's such a rare uh, dessert. For us here. For us here. States, for us yeah. here in the U.S. So when we have it, we're like, oh my gosh. Or, or, you know, it's so amazing. But it's only because we're having little pieces of it and little segments of it and getting taste of the, the heaven, right? But if we had that every day, we're just kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah. too much of a, of a good thing. Right. And it's like Absolutely. when we had friends over growing up, you eat this every day, rice, beans, mm. chicken. They couldn't believe it. And I'm like, oh gosh, we're having rice, beans, and chicken again. Yeah. <laughs> right. But to them, and, I, and I'm looking at my buddy, uh, Chooch, who we just had on uh, for episode seven. Go check that out. His mom, oh, oh my gosh, she made the best pasta and meatballs. And it was like, I'm like, dude, you eat this every day? He's like, yeah, dude, it gets tiring. I can't wait. Is your mom cooking this week? <laughs> <And he's> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, and I honestly think it's because we, we had, we also had an episode called The Grass is Always Greener. Uh, is the grass greener is what the episode was called um, and and we kind of talk about that is like it's just this thing I don't know if we make it up in our minds or is we you want what you can't have and this is the goal like you bust your tail off for 40 years plus and just to just sit around mm-hmm. while you're old right because yeah, I mean that goes back to the, the weekend it's like that you don't have enough of a weekend so of course that's what you want to yeah. do all the time is just have a weekend that's true yeah and then Monday just becomes a routine and then your weeks become a routine. Yeah, exactly. And next thing you know, you're just out of a whole month. You have what eight days to yourself, right? Sure. And then you're you're working whatever four weeks, right? I, I worked with um, Jim's father-in-law, dropped a bomb on me, and how he said it and framed it was kind of in passing, but he left me standing there, and it might not be so f- profound to to anyone, but he's like. Listen, man, I had three kids. He's like, I was shuttling, you know, one kid to baseball, another one to softball, and carrying the other one in my on my hip. He's like, and I, he's like, at the time, I hated it. And he's like, fast forward now, he's like, I long for those days. Yeah. And I was like, wait, like, what are we rushing for? Like, he yeah. made me stop in my yeah. tracks, like, because I'm going through it right now, and Jim, you'll go through it. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Gabe, hope you, you go through it, and when you get there, 
you know, he kind of just told me without saying it, he's like, you need to stop and smell the roses. Like, enjoy the fact that you're there. Enjoy the fact that they're playing baseball. Enjoy the fact that Layla's crying and, and, you know, you're trying to watch the game and your wife's yelling at you, taking this one to the bathroom. Like, laugh at those things because he's, you know, he just, he said, he's like, in time, you're, you're wishing for that. And I just sat there like, damn. Like, he dropped the bomb on me. I was like, that's that's awesome. And from then, I've, I've enjoyed going to the games and kind of laughing at those little things because my daughter pisses 15 times a game knowing damn well she really didn't have to go to the bathroom. Right. And screams out, I was like, Mom, I got to poop. And it's like, oh, it's embarrassing. She's like, did she go? She's like, no. So back and forth. So I can laugh at those things now. Um, but he told me. He's like, I wanted to rush. Essentially, he didn't tell me that, but he's like, oh, he was rushing through it. He's, and then at the end of it, it was like, for what? And it was it was crazy, super f- profound for me. Anyway, I don't know if y'all remember that movie Click with like Adam Sandler. I stopped was, after Billy Madison, man. But I mean, it was like it was fairly. It was like ten years ago. I forget <laughs> how long it actually was, but that was essentially the point. Was that oh, the was, rewind button? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the I remember. Control yeah, was that he was so busy trying to do all the stuff. Right, that right. He just wanted to fast forward through all the stuff, and eventually he found out that when it when it became automatic he missed all those things and he became he was an old man and yeah couldn't even you know go back to any of those things so yeah oh i should watch that movie now i'd probably have a different back it then starts it off like, kind of funny and becomes super serious towards the end of it, so. <laughs> <laughs> just an fyi i mean that, that's that's um that's uh that's how memories are created yeah absolutely. When, when not to be cliche you stop and smell the roses but that's what creates the memories there's this awesome quote that i'm gonna absolutely butcher right now but it's um it was like we didn't even know we were creating memories we were just having fun and when you actually enjoy and having fun that's when the memories are creating when i a lot of the times where i guess i botched what could have been an awesome memory is because i'm literally rushing right and 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 we're you know going to last week's episode even talking about not even paying attention Mm -hmm. right that all kind of like ties in together where how we ended that episode was uh, the Brandy Norwood quote. She said, your children can be around you all day, but if you don't spend quality time with them and you don't pay attention to them and talk to them and listen to them, it doesn't matter that they're just around you. Sure. True. And so that kind of ties into like, we're just rushing around, can't wait. Like, you know, like you're saying, like taking this kid to baseball practice, taking her to dance and you, you, we're all over the place, which leads me to, to, you know, the dad life segment, which is, are we rushing our kids around and, and, and rushing them through life to grow up too fast? Or I don't even know if it's growing up too fast or just, just to get through the schedule or something. I don't know what it is. You know, a lot of times you just want to get get through it. You just want to, as a parent, like sometimes there's been portions of this baseball season where just, gosh, I just kind of want to get through it. Like I, I need time for myself Yeah. when you should be looking at it and be like, oh, you know, enjoy those times. You'll get to it. Guess what? Your house isn't going anywhere. Right. Your son being seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve—that's gonna—that's gonna fade. Your guess what? Your house will still be there. The yeah. honey-do list will still be there. It'll yeah. never go away. Um, so, I mean, there there absolutely is a is a is a portion of that just dying to get through it. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the ironically, it's the only form of investment that you or asset that you can't get back. Um, right. And we talk about this all the time. And here we are you know, bamboozled with the day and the schedule. And, and I think there's also something to be said about over-scheduling things where we, we don't even let things pan out or even form or develop into something else. And here we are sucking down the, you know, the next, you know, the next dance class and, you know, signing them up for soccer. And this season's not even over with. And 
I'm just curious, and I'm sure there's probably like a child psychologist out there somewhere, head spinning right now, his or her head spinning right now, that saying, yeah, that's possibly not the best stuff we should be doing. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's it teaching the kids? That yeah. that you have to be a complete maniac at all times to get things done? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. You know, and I don't know if that is the, the right or wrong answer. It, it could be the right one. This begs the question for me is, a lot of times I feel like we're rushing, as in my particular family, because we aren't necessarily organized. When you're not organized, you're steady, like you're always off balance, so you feel like yeah. you're being yeah. rushed through yeah. everything. If I had my week kind of planned out and knew what I was doing and meals right. were kind of pre-made and everything, I think it'd be easier, but I mean, every, you know, between parents are so caught up in either working extra hours you know i couldn't get the dinner and just kind of catching up with everything you know maybe have to rush through it to catch up sometimes yeah you know what i mean if you're if you're organizing yourself yeah. maybe the rush isn't as bad you know what i mean yeah to try to balance out the time right absolutely on, yeah. on things mm-hmm. it could go the other could, way you could yeah. be you could be so organized that you put more things into your schedule that you're right you're at, you, how many times Whoa. have you put in 10 things and maybe three got done? I was like, really? Was, yeah. that, was that plausible? Yep. Our dad, he, he worked so much and he did so much for us. And as he grew up, I mean, as we grew up, that's all we saw was like his work ethic, how he had two jobs, three jobs, went to the flea market on the side on the weekends and he worked and worked and worked. And then when he got, we got older to take care of ourselves and him and my mom got to an age where they got to enjoy life. That's where things got cut short. So now yeah. it's like when they were at the age where they were supposed to enjoy their time and uh, they, he focused on us, us so much that he didn't get to enjoy his, his probably his goals or his dreams or whatever just due to like circumstances. But like it's so then in my, me, now I see that in my like the age that he passed yeah, and I see the age I'm at now and there I feel like there's like a bunch of stuff that I have to accomplish in between that time frame which... There's, I mean, what I want, I can do from now till I'm 80. But in my mind, I feel like, what if things happen and life does get cut short and I didn't get to do this and do that? Like, I don't know if it's like me being selfish, but it's like, that's what I saw. And I feel like he, he took his time and he wanted to do things right for us. And then he didn't get to enjoy anything. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's selfish. I think, I think everyone has a right to see and view life as, you know, you please and how you operate is how you operate and you're the only person you really need to satisfy when it comes to you yourself obviously you know the parents out there and 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 um caretakers and um stuff like that obviously you have other responsibilities but what i'm saying when it comes to you fulfilling your full potential um we talked about this all the time we never wanted to just save our golden days our glory days or our highest of highs until we retired at 75, 80 years old. It made no sense because like you just said, who's to say that we're guaranteed to even live that long, yeah. right? Our yeah. father died at 54 years old and had probably more energy than any other 54-year-old person that I know yeah. just out of nowhere, boom. Yeah, so my thing is like, what if I'm rushing in through all these things in the next like 20 years and then I hit that, that point that I have in my mind yeah, and then I have nothing else to do after that. Oh, when I plenty. surpass, I know there's plenty, but I'm just saying. But I'll be rushing into things, through things to get to to accomplish those things. It's in that my mental number in my head. No one ever frowned upon someone who uh, overachieved. <laughs> so I mean, True. you're gonna always. And it's better over, you know, overdoing stuff. Uh, obviously, not you know, you know, killing yourself on, along the way, but 
there's a there's a weird balance on how how you also calculate what you're doing, right? So, for example, if you are you know constantly doing something that is putting your life in jeopardy so many times, like you're skydiving every weekend, yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah, then you're putting you know there's a percentage, there's yeah. a likelihood that you may not last yeah, up yeah. until I mean you could, but it's just risky. Um, whereas if, you know, you want to do, you know, run a marathon every other weekend or go rock climbing, uh, three times a year or something like that, then yeah, then you're kind of like, you're still fulfilling your stuff, traveling the world. You're still accomplishing these things, but it's kind of like an organized, calculated yeah. way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, I don't, I don't think it's the rush though, either. I think it's kind of how we're talking about, uh, you know, careful strategic planning. And, and accepting the fact that you're a grown person and you're you're here, we're supposed to be producing something, yeah. right? Yeah. People are so. I think we we're we're in this like lazy mentality that we deserve to have a vacation or something like at all times. And every time there's a weekend, oh, I des- I work so hard, I deserve to basically be completely you know obliterated every weekend, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. It's not that you deserve it either. It's that, yeah, maybe you earned, you know, time, whatever. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer saying, like, don't celebrate. Like, don't, I'm, that's completely not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's, if that's the mentality, I just think it's a wrong approach. Uh, I think it's been uh, thinking about it, the, the mentality too. If maybe you are rushing through it, right? Maybe you are, you know, not enjoying it. But if at the end of the day or at the end of your time, you can look back and say, man, I, I had a good run, man. I gave right. it hell. You know, that's a life to be, you know, proud of rather yeah. than just uh, being a blob or not being that productive person or being miserable. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are rushing through it. You know what I mean? Maybe you are kind of not stopping and smelling the roses. But again, if you can look back and say, hey, I, I, I got everything out of my life I could, then, yeah, you know, what, who's to say that Russian's bad? You know what I mean? To, to flip it on, you know, to flip it from the other yeah, side. Yeah, We're yeah, saying, yeah. like, slow it down, don't rush. Yeah. But, man, maybe you want to get all these things in and have all these experiences and say, you know, I, I accomplished this much or at least I did this much. You know, that, that could be fulfilling for somebody to be rushing through all that just to get all all done, you know? Absolutely. I also think it's um, it's not necessarily rushing in general. I think it's, like, the quality of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're rushing and you're not, it's just, like, you don't even know what happened because you're doing it so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah that's yeah, where yeah. I think the difference lies. Yeah. So you can be rushing, but you're kind of, like, I feel like my life is a boom, 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 nonstop. And I try to, I guess it's like we were saying before, scheduling. And, it's done in an organized yeah, way. Yeah, in an organized manner. So it's uh, overwhelming. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you're doing this, 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 this. And every, everyone here can say that, too, about their schedule. Um, I'm just talking about me, myself. But I think if you don't kind of rush, which let's not take away the rush or confuse it with the hustle and combine them two and kind of understand that if you're not d- doing that either, if you're not hustling and rushing or whatever around, then you're how do you even know what you're actually capable of either? Yeah. Right. Well, how do you know what your true potential is either? Right. Right. So, so. Yeah, there is something to be said on, you know, on the reverse side. Absolutely. Hold on. The, the cool thing I guess you could talk about is uh, what you've done pretty much chronicles your last couple of years between the spoken word uh, album, the book. Like you can chronicle your life and your hustle. So 
you can look back and slow down your rush because that whole thing was a rush. Yeah. The one cool thing that you have is that, look, I have this, and you have memories all within that book. Yes, you have a piece of paper, you have CDs, you have words that will never go away, but you also have memories that nobody else knows about, yeah. uh, which is invaluable. But that that's kind of the cool part because I can we can rush through things, but if you don't have those kind of uh, aha moments or yeah. when you reach those benchmarks um, and you can look back and you have something tangible, that's all the better. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't have that. They said, "Oh, I, I did this," and they they missed a lot of things. But you can say, "I have they, this." They do it right, uh, right, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And that that kind of goes right. back to like you can rush through life, but what value are you getting out of the the rushing around? Yeah. So it's okay to rush around, but it's like for but, a specific limited time. Like you're saying, like it took me however many months to do that album. Then I was able to kind of like lay back a little bit. So I took a month off. It wasn't even a month off. I was promoting promoting so that was like another stressing thing but it was not doing the same thing it switched up the quote-unquote hustle because mm-hmm. it's like productively rushing around exactly because yeah. you're actually doing something like worthwhile that you're actually passionate about that you're actually doing outside of you know your regular career which may not drive you the same way like that would it's called being effective we, we can get busy they always say that there's a difference between being busy and being productive and a lot of times we're being busy. Now, I, what I love is when you have the beautiful combination of someone who ha- is in a career that they love or is in a job that they love. They're very, they're highly productive. They're leaders in those positions. And then they are also uh, deeply involved in their children's life or something like involved in church or involved in like clubs or, you know, something like that. Like a big brother, big sister kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When you look at that, that's you could just say, dude, this guy's living such a quality life. That's what I'm talking about. You want to be, you want to have a quality life and be effective while you're going through it. You want to be, you want to be producing something. The vacations, you can set those and then you can gain all your energy back and you can get the back rubs and the massages and the, yeah. and you know and the relaxation on whatever form that you like. Um, you'll make up your bodies. Uh, our bodies are incredible. They'll 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 recoup, I guess, from the rushing. And you know, you did a vacation wrong when you come back at the end of it saying, "Oh, I need a vacation from my vacation." Yeah, that's terribly wrong. Yeah, and we we've done it. Um, if you if, if you went to um, there's certain people you go on vacation with, and they have a schedule for Gosh. you. Like you're at the Disney parks or whatnot, and they want to go to this ride and this ride from 10 a.m. to 11. Especially 10, those, 45. it's like there's so much money to begin with. You want to cram as much stuff yeah, in yeah, there yeah. that you overwhelm yourself, and then you, that's when you need like time, a few days off just to recoup from your vacation afterwards. Exactly. Decompress from your vacations. Like, <laughs> exactly. I, thought I need decompress. It's like, why? You just decompress. It's like, no. Are you not relaxed? Like, it's because no, I, I, I walked 55 miles in a matter of three days, and I, I yeah, no. I worked a 40-hour week on yeah, vacation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so all right so let's let's kind of rewind this back a little bit so going back to your teenage life right and and kind of you know wanting to uh grow up so fast what would you say um if you can talk to the 12 year old goose or the 12 year old manny the 12 year old gabe what would you tell him um about slowing down and, and taking it all in. Kind of what we're talking about, but you're basically talking to the teenage you. We're talking about, right, like rushing through life. I would go back and tell me, do more. Okay. And that, like, because I was, I played a lot of sports, but even then there was, there was always something else to do, or you could always talk, you know, spoken to more people. I would have tried to become a more diverse uh 
person, I guess. Is. Yeah. I mean, in high school, you have a click, right? There's your right. click. You stay in that lane and you pretty much live there. Yeah. Good group of friends. You enjoy each other, laugh. But I would talk to other people outside of who my friends uh, were. And I would try to do more. If Can I get like a broader point. scope? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like like when you go to college, it's yeah, there's, a, there's a ton of different type of people that you meet. Mm. And I was kind of a shock in the beginning. You know, thank God I went to school with you. And it was, we, we were able to kind of transition that friends we were not type ready. of people. No, no. <laughs> and thank God we kind of had, we had each other, you yeah. know, we held hands through that. And like we yeah. met people together. But <laughs> could you imagine moving in with a guy you didn't know? Oh, man. You know what I mean? So I think that would have helped prepare me to, to learn about different types of people if I would have started earlier. You know what I mean? But do more. That would be my, my suggestion to my do more. Enjoy it because it goes by so fast. Yeah, and I think that this one's going to tie into. I'm going to bring Goose in here. He has no idea what I'm about to say, but him and Heck started when they were like 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Heck was at the meat factory. Yeah. Goose was doing landscaping. I had two jobs then. Yeah, I was you did? Yeah. At the meat factory, and I was doing landscaping. But I, I would tell myself to slow down. Like, I was still a kid. Yeah. But in my mind, I was like so infatuated with money. Yeah. Like, when I first started, I did the landscaping thing first. Yeah. And I was getting like. I don't even, honestly, I don't even know how much I was getting paid every week, but then I like, I saved my money, and we we didn't do much as kids. Like growing up, we went to church like three days a week. We always kind of like stayed at home. Like our parents really didn't let us. Well, me and Heck, as older kids, um, as older brothers, venture off as much. She got my mom got a little lenient with Jim, but yes, anyway, sir. he was so, the baby. Yeah, so we get it. So <laughs> I didn't have time to really spend my money. So then when I had like a, a decent lump sum of money and I got the bike that I wanted I'm like yeah damn this is what I could do so then for a whole year I saved up money I bought a car for when I was 15 a Volkswagen Rabbit I was 15 huh. knowing I was getting my license when I was 16 the following year but I wanted to work on this car I needed some 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 work done the white it, one right like it was that. white it was gray. gray gray the, the ceiling the little yeah. the cloth top was dropping down yeah, yeah, yeah. touching your head yeah. uh, it was a it POS was, I no doubt about that stick. But it, was your, it was yours it was mine at 15 I used to drive it to school, drive around the block. So then, then as I, I, I just felt like I got that taste, so I just kept going, going. Then I bought a better car, and I just kept working more, and then started getting, like, I don't know, just things that I wanted. But yeah. I was doing it at a young age, where, like, that's where most kids at 18 start doing, they start getting, like, decent jobs. And, like, do, throughout the summer, right, when they go to school or college or whatever, and then they buy their own stuff. I was doing it, like, dude, 14, 15, you're still a kid, really. Yeah. So I, I would enjoy that as as uh, my childhood more than rushing into trying to be an adult. Yeah, but I mean, for, for speaking on that, I mean, coming from our family, that was kind of, you were cheered for that. You were celebrated. Like, oh man, Mikey's going and getting it. My yeah, mom yeah, yeah. wanted me to get a job at 15 and my dad told her, no, he's not allowed. Because at nine, my dad was selling snow cones. He's like, I yeah. spent summers selling snow cones. He's yeah. like, I don't want my kids to work until they have to. So, I mean, for our family, like, well, that, to be 14, 15 and working, like, you're celebrated. Yeah, I remember, yeah. you know, man, Mikey, you know, he's earning everything he gets. Well, that's just what we saw. Like I said, like our, right. our dad, like, mom, my mom always worked. My dad always had two, three jobs. That's just what I thought what you had to do. If you had an right. opportunity to work, just work. Right. Like, I, I, I didn't really, I fell off playing sports because I couldn't even afford sneakers. Like, the team sneakers. So, I'm like, I just wanted to work. That's all. I was kind of tall. It wasn't drilled in our head. It was just what we saw. Right. So, we just did. Yeah, and I mean, uh, for, well, for me, my my uh, my experience was a little bit different. I started working when I was sixteen, but and I wanted to work earlier. So because we, we were talking about um, this uh, this 
what we saw and the example that was given to us, it was never even talked about. No. It was just literally, we saw it. And I was already working, I was already making money on the side of flea markets and stuff like that. So I was working with my dad literally since I was eight. But that's not work. That's not like a part-time job. We would go like every other weekend in the summer. So I kind of knew what, you know, money can get me stuff and what I wanted. And I, you know, I appreciated it. But when it came to fully committing to, you know, like a, a full-time or a part-time job, my mom had, like, basically, I, I had applications in my hands. Like, oh, I'm going to go work, whatever, like at the movie theater, yeah. you know, like a local fast food restaurant, whatever, whatever, you know, teenagers work at. She had told me, no, same same exact reason. She, you know, is Manny, Manny's dad and their brother and sister. And he she said, you're going to work for the rest of your life. Enjoy your, your, your adolescence. Enjoy, yeah, take this exactly. in. You're going to go, you, you already made a decision that you were going to go to college. You don't know where at that moment. I didn't know where, but it, it was, she was like, just take it all in. I, we all work so early. You saw your brothers go just start work early, but you're going to have the opportunity to do that. Slow it down. Never forget, dude, I just went in my room and was crying, dude, like a big baby. Because yeah. I wanted like I wanted to earn my way. I wanted my own. I, I didn't want to, you know, ask my parents for anything. I wanted to, you know, come home one day and like, mom, I went school shopping by myself with my own money. Yeah. Which I eventually ended up doing, but that wasn't until like my senior year. Because I was 16. Said, All right, you, mean you can have a part-time job. Yeah, and that's what I would change for myself. I wouldn't have worked as early. I would yeah. enjoy being a kid. Yeah. Ain't nothing like having $50 in your pocket, though, because while I was broke, you know, $10 try to have that stretch for the week. That's yeah, but then you're 15 years old. You're the only one that has money. You're hanging out with your friends. Who's paying for everyone? Yeah, and they're the all The one broke. that's working. Uh, well, Unless you had um, well-off friends. Well, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> or that. Yeah. So, Jim, what would you tell yourself? Or what would, Gabe, what would you tell yourself? I mean, I'll say, uh, for me, I would... I was always a more reserved child. It took me a lot, a lot more to open up to like, uh, even like, like the friends I had was like almost like convenient because they, you know, the, the kids around you, you kind of talk to them the easiest. But even then I was always a lot more reserved, even like kind of opening up to gain those more friendships. It was like, and just being open to getting out of my comfort zone, I guess you could say, especially like in grade school and stuff like that. Like we were talking about like 12, like 12 and before it was like, I was like, I'll be the quiet kid in the corner and nobody really talked to me like that. And I didn't really open up like that either so if that makes any sense yeah yeah i mean i mean listening to everyone's stories as um you know advice for teenagers if there are teenagers out there we're not i don't i don't think the the message would be coming across like we don't you know want you to be hardworking, you know young men and young women i think it should be uh, it should be limited and, and, and you can, yeah, I, I would say, because that's how you develop a work ethic. I think maybe on summers you go, you know, babysitting or, or uh, cutting lawns, um, you know, like that, to, something like that to make a little extra money, something yeah. on the weekend, but nothing that's going to over, like t- literally take over your entire life where you, you come home from school and you go to work. Yeah. Um, and again, unless it's something for, you know, something specific or whatever. Because um, a lot of times after school, you're in sports and some yeah. not everyone's an athlete. Not everyone's right. a... What, yeah. So there might be other things. I think it was like, I think you should have a part-time job is my, my end of the line thing. I think you should have a part-time job. I'm not sure how many hours. I think that depends on the person. I think that depends on the child. Because, um, and it might not be like at an official establishment. It might just be helping, you know, your parents out with something. And that's what I, actually, it was like maybe 11th, 12th grade. I forget what what exactly it was. But it was was my friend's dad. He he like 
he he did like a cleaning service. Okay. So it was like a, a like he, he did a bunch of places, but specifically me and my friend helped him. On it was like it was like twice a week or something like that okay. at this one place, and it was like fifty bucks a week or something like that, whatever yeah. it was, and a couple of hours each night, and that was it. And I was like pretty much that, that gave me my money enough to do whatever I need to do for the week, hang out with friends and all that stuff. So it was like it wasn't like overwhelming. I had to do like twenty hours a week and all that stuff. So it was like a few hours here and there. And yeah, absolutely. Because also too you, that that. That age is super sensitive because, like, some kids want a car, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, where's that coming from, right? So, yeah, I I feel like you you should have something. I don't, I'm not sure, you know, if it's like a hardcore, obviously not a full time job. And again, going back to what we were saying before, this is all situational. It's just for the average kind of, you know, the normal thing going on. Other people got some like, you know, things going on where they have to. There's no choice. You have to do X, Y, and Z. I'm I'm not, you know, getting into the delicate areas like that. I'm just saying, like, in general, I just think the average kid should have, I think, should have a job, yeah. a part-time job, bringing in something. You kind of understand how working works. What do you guys think about that? You're telling kids they should have a job. Oh, man, for somebody who was told to pretty much, was, I was taken to Burger King. My mom sat in the parking lot, and they were going to make me the night shift manager at 16 because she said I should have worked. I was like, Mom, no, because I could put a sentence together. They were going to give me a night shift. I was like, Mom, I don't, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Thank God my dad came to the rescue. Um, it depends what type of kid you are. If you're not doing anything, yeah, I think that you need a job. So exactly. you know, you need to have something. So I was in sports, football, basketball, baseball, and then my senior year I did the school play, and that's when she wanted me to work. I was kind of busy. You know, my day started at seven, and I wouldn't get done till nine. I'd start homework at nine. Right. So, you know, it'd be hard to tell a kid, well, go get a job. Exactly. But if you're not doing anything, yeah, well, why not go spend two, three hours doing something? Saying. As long yeah. as you're productive in something. Exactly. Like, you yeah. can't just be sitting around doing nothing and just, I don't know, playing video games, like, for 12 hours a day. I mean, there yeah. are some kids who just come home from school at, like, three, four o'clock, and they'll play till, like, midnight. Right. But, like... Be, be productive, play sports, or, like, be involved with the community, or have, like, a little part-time job. Just be productive. Like, yeah. all, all forms teach you work ethic anyway. Yeah, so, exactly. that's just how I, I see it. Just, like, what I, just don't, as a kid, just be a kid. Don't right. try to yeah. grow up too fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you're, um, you, you miss out on a lot of things there. So, um, that being said, uh, I'm going to wrap this episode up uh, with a quote from Carl Hanor, I believe, everywhere, people are discovering that doing things more slowly often means doing them better and enjoying them more. It means living life instead of rushing through it. You can apply this to everything from food to parenting to work. That wraps up this episode of the Rotated Views podcast, Rushing Through Life. In this episode, we discuss the fast-paced society, rushing our kids around, being impatient, and the importance of slowing things down. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.